This ADN Politics Podcast is brought to you by Steam.Coffee, where we source, roast, and present the finest coffees possible. From the Anchorage Daily News, this is ADN Politics, a podcast navigating Alaska's changing and sometimes wild political landscape. I'm your host, Elizabeth Harbaugh. Today, we're shifting our focus from statewide politics to international affairs. I'm speaking with Miss Emily Haber, the German ambassador to the United States, who is here in Anchorage for the Arctic Encounter Symposium. We'll hear her thoughts on changing dynamics in the Arctic, energy development in the Arctic and abroad, climate change, and how Russia's invasion of Ukraine is affecting those issues. Um, ambassador Haber, thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you for inviting me. Have you been to Alaska before, and can you tell us a little about your goals for this visit? No, I've never been uh, to Alaska before. Actually, I'm not even sure uh, that previous German ambassadors had traveled to Alaska. At least we couldn't find any uh, documentary evidence of that in the embassy. Why I came is, um, well, obviously, Alaska, the entire Arctic region, are becoming more and more important. Um Germany always had a fascination uh, with the Arctic uh, region. It goes back uh, over a hundred uh, of years. There were many expeditions and science was uh, obsessed with it. Research uh, was fascinated with it. And actually it captured uh, even the attention of the German public. But it, and that was well, well before uh, uh, the, the years of uh, climate change. But both, uh, well, two factors uh, probably altered the uh, dynamic uh, and shifted much more attention on the Arctic uh, than you had seen from Germany before. One was obviously climate change and the potential huge effects on uh, climate change, possibly for uh, uh, for opportunities, but certainly also as threats. And that will affect uh, the entire world. Climate change doesn't come from the Arctic, uh, but uh, it affects the Arctic uh, in ways that will have massive ramifications for the rest of the world. And the second factor is the uh, Russian uh, war. Uh, the Russian war has not only stopped, uh, obviously, Russian cooperation in the Arctic Council, it also uh, triggers a number of questions what the future of cooperation uh, or governance will be in the Arctic uh, region. And Germany... Uh, as one of the most globalized countries in the world, would like to be part of that conversation. Germany has been dealing with kind of a complicated moment in the global energy industry and has needed to shift away from its dependence on Russian gas. Um, I'm wondering, can you talk about how Germany is managing to meet its energy demands at the moment? Ah, um, and that's a very important question, Elizabeth. It's true that we were incredibly independent uh, on Russian fossil fuels. Before the uh, a Russian aggression against Ukraine, 55% of our gas came from Russia, 35% of our oil came from Russia, and 50% of our coal from, uh, came from Russia. So you see, that's really significant. And we had to withdraw from this dependency on Russian fossil fuels within the shortest period of time. And now it's zero. We're at zero. Uh, which meant for us uh, that not only uh, did we need some other transitional uh, fossil fuels, we extended the lifespan of our coal uh, facilities in Germany. We extended the lifespan uh, of our nuclear facility uh, facilities in Germany, which is a very difficult decision for us uh, because it plays a major part in our domestic uh, conversation. But we also accelerated the transition to renewables. 
um, in 2022, uh, 50% of our electricity uh, actually came from renewables. And we are speeding up uh, this transition. Now, 2% uh, of uh, German land will be attributed, uh, allocated to uh, wind farms, something that was met with a lot of resistance uh, in Germany before, as that's not an unknown, actually. People don't want windmills uh, near their gardens or houses. But something has shifted, and the energy crisis of last year has really um, constituted a business case uh, for renewables in Germany. Could you see Germany moving also in the direction of swapping out Russian gas for more LNG imports, including from the U.S.? We are, <laughs> again, within eight months, uh, created four LNG facilities, storage uh, and regasification facilities in Germany, the swimming facilities, uh, for the exact purpose. Uh, that's why I mentioned transitional energies before, uh, I mean, transitional um, uh, fossil fuels uh, uh, before. We can't move to renewables within a blip uh, of a moment. Uh, we need some time for that. And for that time, uh, we'll be needing LNG, uh, including LNG from the United States. Shifting a little bit, um, how is Germany thinking about the opening of far north sea lanes as the Arctic warms? Is that an industry expansion that Germany and other EU member states are planning for? Well, it is something that will possibly be happening, as melting ice sheets mean uh, navigability uh, of sea routes, uh, and that will be important for uh, trade lanes. But as we approach uh, that question, a lot of issues need to be factored in. And that is, what does it mean uh, for the native populations? Uh, what does it mean for the lifestyle? Uh, what does it mean for uh, local conditions? In all of the, these conversations that we need to have, uh, the different factors will have to be taken into account. One of them is obviously the interests of local native uh, populations, uh, national interests, uh, but also uh, global conditions. All right, let's take a short break there. When we return, we will talk more about climate change and green energy in the Arctic and abroad. At Steam.Coffee, we're proud to support great journalism and we're proud of our pursuit of great coffee. We search the world for the finest raw materials and then roast them to perfection at our Anchorage headquarters. All with one thing in mind, the finest coffee possible in your cup. Come visit us at either of our Anchorage cafes or online at steamdot.com. We're back with ADN Politics, speaking to German Ambassador Emily Haber. Ambassador while Germany works to prioritize a transition to greener sources of energy, how does the country view fossil fuel development in the Arctic? Uh, that's a complex question. Now, I'm totally aware to what extent uh, fossil fuels play a role uh, for Alaska, for the Alaskan budget, uh, and uh, for the Alaskan e economy. And there's no way we can ignore that. But as we look towards the future, uh, We'll have to have a long-term conversation about the relevance of fossil fuels, climate change, 
the effect of the use and the extraction of fossil fuels uh, on climate change and on, by the way, uh, living conditions uh, of uh, local populations, uh, we'll have to look at uh, uh, renewables because if we all want to uh, manage a transition to a fossil fuel-free world, to a world uh, that is climate neutral, uh, well, uh, then renewables will have to gain a greater uh, traction. And for that, um, two factors will be important. One will be a growing sense of urgency among populations, which is necessary in uh, in a democracy, that this is actually important and existential uh, for them as well. And the second thing that needs to be in place is the business case uh, for renewables. If both aspects are part of a public conversation uh, that is to convince constituents uh, in a democracy, uh, well, then we can move forward. As an example, what is the view from Germany on President Joe Biden's recent approval of the Willow Oil Project on Alaska's North Slope? That it's an American decision. And that's that? And that's that. Is Germany and the EU generally supportive of President Joe Biden's climate and energy policies? And are there areas of disagreement or concern? Well, uh, we see the um, IRA legislation uh, package uh, as the biggest ever uh, climate uh, package uh, that an American government has adopted and a clear move towards a world uh, that is climate neutral. So it's hugely important. Do we have discussion on individual aspects of the package that might uh, affect uh, investment in Europe or might affect supply chains uh, that are important for us as well? Yes, they are. But, you know, there are always conversations between countries, uh, especially if they're aligned uh, and uh, allied. Uh, And... What's important here is not uh, whether we come from slightly different vantage points or whether we voice nuances uh, in interests. What's important is how we deal with it and how we come to conclusions uh, that will benefit both sides or at least mitigate uh, uh, effects uh, uh, that might be detrimental for one side. And that's what we're doing. Well, Ambassador, do you have any final thoughts before we let you go on your visit here or anything else? My experience here is extraordinary. I've never been to Alaska before. I said that already. But seeing here firsthand uh, the complexity uh, and the different interests, uh, the different vantage points, uh, the aspects uh, as we move forward, uh, that was really uh, an enriching experience for me. Well, Ambassador, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to ADN Politics. You can subscribe to the show in whichever podcast app you're listening to right now. You can keep up with the rest of our coverage on ADN.com. And you can subscribe to ADN there, which is the best way to support our work, including this show. Thanks to our guest today, Ambassador Emily Haber. This episode was produced by Evan Phillips and Zachariah Hughes. Evan Phillips makes our music. David Hewlin is our editor. And I'm your host, Elizabeth Harbaugh. See you next week. Thanks for listening. This episode of ADN Politics was brought to you by Steam.Coffee, where we source, roast, and present the finest coffees possible.